Welcome to Sex Talk Radio, a podcast that explores sex and kink through candid and curious conversation. Join me and expert guests in unpacking taboos and making sex talk more fun. Recently launched, I have created the Sexy Society. It is an online community for kink and sex positive women. We will have monthly workshops and there's a lot of great posts in there. This episode of Sex Talk Radio is brought to you by Afterglow. Afterglow is a female founded ethical porn company based here in Austin, Texas. Go to xoafterglow.com, that is X-O-A-F-T-E-R-G-L-O-W.com, and use code XOTHEA for a week free, and be sure to check out my favorite video of theirs, Lip Service. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. I'm excited to be here. Good. You've got, like, very, I meant to tell you last time I saw you, very glowy, happy, pregnant energy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel, I, I feel that way. I'm yeah. really, yeah. Super just, glowy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how far along are you? eight months yeah are you nervous I I'm I'm not that nervous in this moment I'm really excited and I know like I know this huge big life change is coming and everyone's like you don't know exactly (laughs) how it's gonna affect you sure um but that's also really exciting totally shifts are beautiful yeah um are you gonna have a home birth no no I'm going to the hospital I'm getting the drugs (laughs) You kind of like struck strike me as homebrew, and then I was like, nah, I don't know. <laughs> I am I am getting a doula to who's like specializes in hospital births because like yeah. I think that oh, the cool. hospitals are really good at having you not die. They're not really great <laughs> at like making you feel like happy and taken care of throughout the process, right? So and I like an like, organic nurturing, yeah, safe, organic nurturing, yeah, none the ways of that. you want to feel when you're birthing <laughs> a child. I'm sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself. I mean, I, yeah. the guests, the listeners. <laughs> so I am Lily Sparks, and I am the founder and CEO of Afterglow. And yeah. Afterglow is ethical porn by women for everybody. Our mission is to help people have a great sex life. So a lot of porn is um, really great for, you know, a couple minutes of fun, get the job done, not knocking it. But um, <laughs> our mission at Afterglow is to really tell different stories than you see in mainstream porn. Yes. Um, be really focused and centered around women's pleasure and female empowerment and to create something that you can take from screen and into your real life. And super inclusive, like mm-hmm. all walks of life. Like yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, I think people get curious about it because of that. Like, And, and that's the thing, like, you know, we, it, I'm, I started this company, I'm a woman, you know, I, I wanted what's on Afterglow to be stuff that I liked. Um, but the idea of like porn for women is just like women like so much different stuff that you can't like (laughs) porn for women doesn't really mean anything. Sure. Uh, you know, women love lesbian porn. They love gay porn. They love rough sex. They search for rough sex more than men do. So it's like the, you know, we have this, this vision in our mind of like porn for women as being like soft and sweet. Like make love to me. Make love to me. (laughs) And, um, yeah. For me, that's sometimes a little boring. Yeah, I don't, I've never searched make love porn. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so I really admire and, and like love your entrepreneurial journey. And I would love for you to go back to maybe the, the beginning of that. Or actually, first, let's talk about your growing up relationship with sex, sexuality, all that. And then we'll get into 
yeah. entrepreneurship. Yeah. So <laughs> I grew up in, you know, a conservative family. Um, in what state? In California. Okay. In California. And um, we never really talked about sex. Like, I remember having a super awkward sex talk with my mom when I got my first boyfriend at 15. And what I remember from that is basically that guys don't want to use condoms, but you need to make them anyway. And it's kind of like, okay, mom, like I've already heard this in health class. Like I condoms are good. Don't want to talk about this with you. Please get me out of this car right now. She she wasn't, she wasn't trying to dissuade you from ever having, I think not from ever. It wasn't like wait until you're married, but it was like, you shouldn't, it, it always felt. And it's funny because it's hard to pinpoint where it came from, mm-hmm. but it was definitely like sex is bad. Yeah. And so especially like part of my story is that I was with my high school sweetheart, that that boyfriend mm-hmm. that she had to talk about from age 15 and we ended up getting married and we were together mm-hmm. for 15 years. Wow. And so like it was just kind of hard to make that switch from like what I'm doing is bad and like taboo to right. like, okay, what I'm doing is like for my pleasure and I'm empowered and it's a big shift. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, I struggled with that. Well, and so much of the shame comes from society and just having it be like sex is this weird biological thing that you're taught in like middle school health class. They don't talk about the pleasure and the orgasm and the consent and like all the things that are actually fucking important. Um, I mean, I think they have to teach it and certain guidelines, but it's like so much of the shame comes from it being this, this secret. Yeah. It's, it's like, like dirty it's secret. Like, our parents don't want us doing it. Yeah. Our friends do it. We can chat with them about it, but it's like, don't get pregnant. Don't get STDs. Like that's the message. Yeah. And then at the same time, like and you're fear. watching, yeah, you're, fear. you're watching like Hollywood TV shows right. where it's like hot and sexy, but then you like, don't see what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. for me, like, good point. I was I reading loved that. I was I reading watching. romance novels, okay. um, like at at that kind of age. Now. Erotic, like, like full erotic. on. I've never read. Oh like my erotic. god, you! I lo- <laughs> I'm a huge romance. I've been novel. wanting to listen to start to listen to audio <laughs> yeah. books, but um, yeah, I have never. I never did that. Like I was reading Bridgerton like back back then before it was yeah. like, a thing. <laughs> <laughs> what are the kind of scenes like? They I just don't have like really reference for it except for some of the audio porn I just listened to. But like of what. They're like actually talking about they actually sex, yeah sex, sex. actually sex sex and they'll be like there's always the the best part like there's always a scene <laughs> where the characters are like hooking up and there's like you know he's there's like breast action going on <laughs> and sometimes there's like third base action and then they get interrupted mm. and it's like broken like, apart no. <laughs> you're still just like and you're just you like don't know they, what happened they tease you like the the authors like know how to tease you in that sure way. or it's like. Yeah, and, sure. and they're very romance novels are actually really like women empowered. Like a lot yeah. of times, the guy will will like, you know, finger the girl, like get the girl off, and then they'll Yay. then the, they'll be broken up, and like, uh-huh. but they can't they they can't actually have sex because you know, she's his brother's little <laughs> sis, his best friend's little sister, or like, yeah. you know, he's about to rise to the dukedom or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, but so in neither of those scenarios with like watching Hollywood or that, is there like actual penetrative there's sex? There's actually, yes. Or there, there is there in the is, books? There okay. is in the books. There's actual penetrative Would sex. you masturbate to that? Like, or no, it was I, just like, it just was exciting. I mean, it I, I turned me on, but yeah, yeah, I never, 
really like discovered masturbation until I was older. Yeah. Same 19 for me, I think was yeah. my first orgasm. And I think part of it is too, that with my high school boyfriend, like that prevented, that also prevented me from learning about my body because mm. it was always in a partner dynamic and I never really, you're like, why would I do yeah, this like alone? Yeah. Like why would I do this alone? Yeah. Well, we're also, yeah, I feel like there's a stigma around masturbation when you're in a partnership. Yeah. Um, of like, and I don't have a ton of long-term partnerships under my belt, but just of like, it's, some people will be like, oh, it's cheating or watching porn is cheating. Or like, or, why are you doing that when you have me? Right. It's like, right. hey, there's differences in libidos. <laughs> like, yeah. And when you had been together since you're 15, it's like, there's, yeah, there's so many things to explore. Yeah. Of what turns you on and what is exciting to you. Yeah. Yeah. But I got really distracted in like my, my journey story by telling everybody how awesome romance novels are. <laughs> great, great. I mean, they're kind of like making, I feel like they're hot right now. Like on book talk, there's like book TikTok is like mostly women talking about that. I don't know. Um, I just don't like to read. I like audio stuff. So I have a couple on my list, like the naughtiest ones that everyone's talking about. I'll give them a listen. Um, so, okay. So I think you've shared this other places like about your first org was did you not have your first orgasm until yeah so I didn't I didn't have my first orgasm I became sexually active at 16 right. didn't orgasm until I was 24 oh my gosh yeah oh my gosh yeah <laughs> and like yeah sex had you kind of thought you had because before I had one I was kind of like sex feels good I think I maybe have like I don't know I yeah it's like ambiguous I, I I was like oh like sex feels good but I did feel like there was something that I was missing but I didn't really know yeah what like I'm like okay everybody makes a really big deal about sex right. and how great it is and like there's I was like there's something there and again like this is part of the genesis of afterglow is like I would watch porn and I would see like porn sex. Right. And so I tried to, you know, and, and, and I learned some things from porn that did work for me and like porn turned me on, but mm -hmm. it didn't help me figure out how to orgasm. You have pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, and so I really wanted to, to create something that would yeah. help people. Like, so we have not only films on afterglow, but we also have, guided masturbations cool which are super fun and i've had like <laughs> the best orgasms from them yes my orgasms are more intense when it's listening and like really yeah. getting present with my body and just taking the time yep a thousand percent um and i think like with your first orgasm it's was was there talk of it with your partner like or because i feel like we're just not given that foundational education of like both people can come. Both people should come. Like, yeah, it was really hard to like, I remember like having to work up the courage and it's really hard when you've been in a relationship with someone for a long time to then try to like shift that dynamic. Well, and guys often think that like, it's per like they take it personally too. If you're like, I'm not coming. I think it's about their dicks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, I remember kind of like telling him like, Hey, you know, there's something like I'm, I'm not coming. Oh. There's something missing. Um, and that's so many years. And like, yeah, after and a long time. And yeah. um, what finally, it, it, it was the simplest thing. I just needed a vibrator. I just needed clitoral stimulation. stimulation. Like that was it. Amen. That was Amen. it. And 
It took me until 24 to figure yeah. that out. And that's not wrong either. Like, that's the thing. I think a lot of women make their, like, the ambiguity of when they first orgasm and how they orgasm kind of like a shame thing. And, I mean, I have friends even now at 30 that, like, they have just had their first orgasms because there was a question about it. They were like, I'm not sure. Sex feels really good. I think I have orgasms sometimes. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like, I literally remember my first one. Cause it was so great. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And all of the, like, there was so much excitement in the teen years too of like sex. Like, Oh, I'm so excited for that. Yeah. And like you and I sound similar in the way that we would get turned on by like watching the movies. Mm -hmm. And like, it was like this big fucking thing that was going to happen. And then it's kind of like, womp womp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. so much of that is because we weren't having orgasms. Yeah. And when I ha started having them, I was like, oh, this all, it all makes sense. Why yeah. it's so fucking like, hot oh, and exciting. And <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when did you start Afterglow? So I started Afterglow in 2020. Mm -hmm. I had the, I went on a meditation retreat Ooh. in February of 2020, like right before COVID. And oh. um, like I'd had the idea for Afterglow before that. And it was mm -hmm. kind of like, the crazy idea that I was too scared to do. Because uh, you've had other companies. Because I, I'll yeah. Talk about that yeah. As well. And um, on that like 10 day silent retreat, mm -hmm. I felt like One I kind of, those. yeah, mm -hmm. I was in between jobs and like just kind of got the message of like, there's no better time than now. Just like go for it, do it, start the company. Damn. And I did. It is like that big, the big scary idea. I'm kind of feeling that way right now. I would like to do something in the sex tech space. And it's like, it feels like I'm not, there's all the little voices, not qualified, the not whatever, um, imposter syndrome stuff. But that's really brave, I think, when entrepreneurs can just take that first. What was like the first step for you to like make it concrete? Yeah. Thing. The, I think like filming our first film is when mm. it really started to feel real because yeah. there was, more than six months where I was just like, I, cause I knew nothing about the porn industry. I'd never filmed a video before, like wow. knew nothing. And about, tech. What about tech I, side of things? You know, I'd built like a Shopify, you know, I had like, <laughs> yeah. with like basic Same. Shopify stuff. And, um, but so I thought I knew that in hindsight, I, I tell people like the tech part has actually been more of a challenge for me than sure. the video part. Well, cause the video parts, like there's, there's a creativity and there's a, there's an element because we've both been in CPG stuff, too. And so it's like it's just a very different world. And I've met like so many cool producers who we've been able to partner with and they've taught me so much. And yeah, I'm, I'm still learning so much on that side. But um, yeah, the tech side has really like knocked my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Was your vision always to be not only create a website, but also to be would you say you're in production or you produce your own, Afterglow produces their own originals, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always did want to produce our own films because I just felt that there was a gap there mm -hmm. um, in terms of what was available. Right. Cause you can license. Yeah. And, and, but I will say that, you know, that was the original idea and I knew nothing about the industry as I learned wow. more about the industry, I'm like, oh, there's all these other really cool producers mm. making really cool content. And so, you know, I felt that that you, we have a balance of, you know, doing some of our own productions with the stories we want to tell, but also yeah. licensing films from other awesome people yeah. in the space. And so it's, 
you know, it, it's just a really fun ecosystem that, you know, I didn't know existed when I started. And so I think most people, most people haven't heard the term ethical porn. Mm-hmm. even. And your shirt pay for my porn. Most yeah. people aren't paying for their porn most anymore. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's just really brave that you jumped in not having, cause it, it people in the industry, I'm like, they've been in it forever. And so for you to jump in, it's like catch up of like a whole world and like actors and how quick, how much it's changing. Like that's a lot to get caught up on. Yeah. (laughs) And the porn industry is, is very, um, insular. Like it's, it's pretty small people generally like who people do, you know, especially like performers and stuff, people kind of like come in and out a little bit, but the people who make it a career and really stick with it, like mm-hmm. it's actually fairly smaller than than I thought going sure. into it. I feel like porn stars that I follow, like I, I love following porn stars and stuff. It's just fun to see their life and like, I don't know, it's very cool. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they all work together a lot, like with the same performers and it, it is its own little its own little world for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, when you filmed stuff for Afterglow, has it mostly been in, LA or it's mostly been in LA we've done one in New York we've done one in Canada a lot of times it just pretend because we usually work with producers okay um or directors who like have experience in the space yeah and they help with casting and different things so it kind of depends on where the producer that we're working with is yeah um but you know being based in Austin Texas there's (laughs) definitely not a lot of a community only fans a girls, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we, we're, it's, we're coming up but you know definitely mm-hmm. not like LA or Vegas right and so a producer is like the the puppet master like brings it all together mm-hmm. and what's your role for a original yeah like so you... it'll it'll vary kind of how much producer type stuff like usually we hire somebody who's kind of like a producer slash director um and so wow. we'll work together like we'll kind of come up with a vision they might do more of a built out, you know, like script or storyboard or mood mm-hmm. board, um, <laughs> suggest locations, suggest performers. And then we're kind of like, yeah, cool. This all looks great. Let's go. Let's it's do a it. lot of work. It is. <laughs> it's it is. a lot of work for, uh, it's yeah. It's, for a porn, for it a has scene. made me realize like, I'm so impressed that any television show or movie or anything like ever gets made. It's like when you're building a company, you get to hire people full time and like right. you get to kind of like lock them down. Mm-hmm. But when you're making, uh, you know, a short film or something like right. that, it's like you wow. got to hope the people's schedules line up and that, you know, they're available on that day. For like a 20 then, minute, yeah. a half an hour thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I learned more from you about what those look like those scenes and like get it, piecing it all together it's like it makes you really realize that people should be paying for porn because how how else are they making money um which i feel like i've heard a lot about over the last like decade could you talk more about how i mean i think it like all porn used to be more paid for yeah and yeah if you could speak more to like that yeah. transition so and kind of conglomeration yeah basically Pornhub bought out all of the small independent studios so studios were making all money of off of DVDs like literally nine yeah let's go back let's go back yeah. VHS yeah find our parents was, porn <laughs> yeah no it was like DVD like the the heyday of porn of, yeah. of like the money in porn was like kind of the Jenna Jameson like early 2000s era mm. and people were like contract stars 
and they were they would get like crazy six money. figure contracts like they'd be making money because people were making money on all the dvd sales and that okay. was like the main revenue okay and the crazy thing is that actually even today dvd revenue is a significant portion of like porn studios like how they make money fascinating um, people still buy porn dvds yeah which is it's an age i mean yeah somebody yeah. that has a has a porn stash of dvds yeah yeah, yeah. truckers i guess <laughs> i don't know um <laughs> there's still so much i have to learn about the porn industry fascinating but um and so somebody would buy like one dvd that's more of like an hour and a half like like kind of like a movie so, yeah dvd is generally like four or five scenes okay um so like different sex scenes and yeah, yeah. like an hour and a half okay. generally um and the scenes usually had to be like similar themes, you know, right? Like, like they filmed it all, big boobs or anal or whatever. Yeah, like, the ridiculous titles. Yeah. That and they anything, would have. anything with people of two different races is like automatically interracial. Like that's the category it's in. Oh, it's like everything had to fit into like very specific categories. Sure, kind of like kinks, fetishes. But exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, okay. And then Pornhub came in, and you know, Pornhub is mostly making money off advertising. Mm -hmm. So Pornhub to a certain extent, bought up all the studios and, you know, is able to make money because, like, what, what's on Pornhub might be, you know, 20, 25% their content. So they, mm. like, keep all that money on advertising. From the studios that they like, bought Like, from up. the studios that they bought up. Um, and then it's other stuff that, like, people have uploaded for free or yeah. studios do upload clips of their content as a marketing tool. Mm. Like... Uh, browsers or whatever right well browsers like is owned by Pornhub it is mm -hmm. yeah it's a different site it is and they they also like Pornhub also has you know Pornhub premium and browsers mm -hmm. and like they do their own subscription sites with their own kind of like premium content it's totally is conglomerate the right word like yeah uh, yeah there's a word for it when they take over there's yeah. another word I can't think of it but um, consolidation um, yes yeah. yes yeah and Happens there's like a lot in every industry yeah there's Pornhub there's um the ex-hamster conglomerate um which is actually I think has more views than Pornhub technically um and then right. there's a third one that I think is like the xxnx I think that's separate okay. um but yeah there's like three main I like tube site conglomerate randomly subscribed to browsers for like a day and I was like I'll check it out whatever and then it, I had to call a fucking phone number to cancel this thing. It yeah. was so crazy. Yeah. How, like the, the links I had to go to to cancel this. <laughs> and I'm like, of course they're fucking making a lot of money. Literally to call some phone number. Um, and it's interesting to me that Pornhub makes so much money from their ads because their ads are fucking weird. They're so they're weird. They're so weird. It's like, get on and fuck a girl right now. Or it's like... <laughs> Grannies like, in your area. <laughs> yes. Or it's like... Um, weird like animated stuff which yeah. he was telling me like isn't really actually a thing like if you actually go there it's not quite like that and uh. um and it's weird as a woman watching porn on Pornhub because they might know what I've been clicking on and target me with certain categories but they're not I've not I've not been put in a category of just being a woman it's weird yeah I don't know because like Pornhub is really good at SEO like you type anything mm. porn related like you're gonna get taken to those top. you know or ex hamster or whatever like as the top but weirdly i feel the same way like i don't feel like the algorithm like I'm a is woman. that great of like, like how about local guys to fuck like, I mean, what's going on yeah i don't know what other people are getting but um yeah yeah and i i would say i have advertised with pornhub and it, it's people think that porn is like 
where all the technolo- technology advancements happen. Like that's the reputation mm. that we have. And, and you know, we are early adopters of like AI and stuff right, like that. And that, that happens. But like the, the 80% of what really happens is like people are still on Skype. Like everybody in the porn industry is like, hit me up on Skype. I'm like, what? Oh. I haven't used Skype since like yeah, no. the year 2000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this episode of Sex Talk Radio is brought to you by Afterglow. One in three women watch porn every week, but as many of us know, most content out there is not created for the female gaze. Afterglow creates content for everyone, so go ahead and check it out at xoafterglow.com. Go to xoafterglow.com and use code exothea to try a week free. Be sure to check out my favorite video they have, Lip Service. And I mean, even navigating Pornhub is like feels outdated. You know, there's something to it. But if you're horny, it doesn't matter. You're just like, whatever. Yeah. But like it's it's it does feel yeah behind in that way. Yeah. Um. So. I mean, a woman, a, let's just say a, an actress, a porn actress went from making like these crazy amounts of fucking money mm-hmm. to if Pornhub owns the studio and it's just one video and they're just giving her like a little bit, it's like, how are, how are porn actors making like a livable wage? Is that yeah. what so many of so, them are focusing on OnlyFans? So now, creation? yeah. So now what generally tends to happen is, you know, if, if generally um, performers get paid, female performers get paid like 800 to like $1,500 for like an eight hour day if they're filming a studio film. That's not that much. Um, it's not that much, <laughs> but if you're, if you're working retail and you're getting paid like 20 right. bucks an hour, like, you know, to, to make that in a day is, is sure, pretty good. Sure. It's just not what I expected. Yeah. <laughs> it's not <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's for like the bigger people. Like, and the, the bigger people like might make a little more, but mm-hmm. Basically, if you want to become like a big porn star, then you will film with studio productions like four times a week, um, which is like, I'm like yeah, it seems really hard on your body to me. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I have so much respect for performers. And like, Fuck yes. Um, and then you'll while you're doing that, you build up your Twitter following. You start your OnlyFans. And so right. then multiple streams. So you really and then, you know, over time, you get to be more choosy with the studio things you're doing because you've built up that recurring That's revenue. really hard. Yeah. No, it is it, like it's a Sounds hustle. Really hard. Like it's a hustle to become. Yeah. Big. And to be like good to build up a good following on OnlyFans, I feel like you need to be having sex scenes. Like when girls are just like, "What? Like I'll I'll sex with you." It's like no, people want to go watch them. Like I've subscribed to people on OnlyFans, and then I'm not seeing any actual action, and I'm like, "Well, this isn't what I signed up for," and I'll leave. And so, but to think about a woman going to a studio four days a week, and then also and then also, content, yeah. When ten, however many years ago, it was just like. You could do your scenes and make huge chunks of money. It yeah. feels it's a lot like different. a lot. Yeah. Um, so when somebody uploads stuff to Pornhub, are they um, making money per views like YouTube in any way? No. Like there, if you it's a funnel so for their fans. It's oh, a funnel yeah. for their fans. And you can so you can have scenes that are on Pornhub Premium, which is their subscription site. Okay. And those you do get a revenue share from. Gotcha. Okay. But they have to be a little bit, meet certain standards, be right. a little bit higher quality. Totally. Um, so when you talk to people about having them pay for their porn, 
uh, maybe you could speak a bit more to like what ethical porn is and, and how you bring that conversation around and unroll them. Yeah. <laughs> so I define ethical porn as just like people who care about the impact of the porn that they're making on the world around them. Yeah. Um, and for different people that can mean different things in terms of, but a, a lot of times when people talk about ethical porn, they're mainly talking about consent, performers' rights, yeah. paying a fair wage. Um, at Afterglow, we always make sure that the performers know exactly what's going to be expected of them when they agree to do a scene. They don't show up and say like, oh, you thought we're doing you were doing boy girl, but now you're doing anal or like, hey, you're here. Let's do a gangbang. That would be traumatic. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. that, that, that happens. Um, it doesn't happen. It's an, the exception, not the norm, but it happens. Yeah. yeah. And um, so we, you know, just are more careful. We go through pre-shoot checklists, like mm. yes, no, maybe lists. Oh, that's great. What are you? It's like the kink checklist. It's yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, like yeah, the kink checklist. Great. Then we go, we make sure we go through them with the other performers so that they know, they understand. Yeah. And then we have somebody who's there making sure that everybody on set is mm. following those guidelines. What's um, that? What's that job title? <laughs> intimacy coordinator, like which they do on Hollywood sets too. Wow. Yeah. And so a lot of they're actually pulling cool a gig. lot of people who have experience in the porn industry to be intimacy mm. coordinators on set in Hollywood, which is That's really cool. That's very cool because they're actually going to have way more gauge on what might trigger somebody or like, yeah, and like, the yeah, comfort can, levels. Like with BDSM and with porn, like the, those are the areas where people are more experienced in having those conversations right. as part of the norm and yes. like, are able to bring that into the mainstream. That's so important. That's very, very yeah. cool. Yeah. Wow. And so like <laughs> pay for your porn is, is really just about that you're going to get the quality that you pay for yeah. and you're, and you're contributing to people that care. You're, you're contributing the performers. to people that care, you know, exactly. Too, yeah. So. Yeah. Very cool. What was it like being on your first? We pay, we pay for Spotify. We pay for, you know, Hulu. We pay for all these totally. subscriptions, like good content costs money and people are realizing that. Yes. And there's a lot, I recommend going to watch money shot on <laughs> Netflix. If you haven't, like it's fascinating to learn about, kind of yeah porn yeah <laughs> the big the big guys in porn um what was it like being on your first porn scene since that wasn't your background yeah uh, cool. yeah it was um I was sitting there and I was like am I turned on am I turned <laughs> like I was like if, if I'm turned on then it's like then this is going to be good for business you know like I was really it was not like um it was not yeah it you you get you get like over not over it but um desensitized you, yeah you get just like mm -hmm. for me I'm just like okay like I'm 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 too anxious about the business side of it to right. like be in my body and like turned on <laughs> except in like an intellectual way <laughs> sure sure um was it I feel like I've heard that it's not at all what we see like there's there's pauses there's breaks there's recalibration like what is that yeah like how long, how many hours are you on set for a half an hour scene or you know, something like yeah. that? Usually like we're on set for at least eight hours for a half an hour scene. Wow. Um, and actually in, in, you know, the films that we've done for Afterglow, you know, there is pausing, there is breaks. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the sex scene, we mm -hmm. do try to, um, you know, we, we go through it before, before we start shooting, we go through it with the performers. Like here's yeah. kind of how it's going to go down. Um, but then it, we just kind of let them go. 
Sure. Because you want it to feel, you're also, you have a different intention with the content. Exactly. And yeah. um, it always goes differently than we're like, okay, do this, 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 and this. And then it always turns out differently, but usually <laughs> like in a wonderful, unexpected sure. way. Because it's like, yeah, if somebody told you like, okay, have sex, like, in this right. position, that position, this position, and then you get down to it, like sometimes things just don't go that way. I would literally have to stop to think through my list. So I would like fuck it up, you know? So exactly. yeah, to have them just kind of keep going. So usually we just kind of like keep the flow going for the most part. And we mm -hmm. might do like pickups afterwards where it's like, okay, let's get a little bit more mm. of like this happening or that happening or like this close After up. the guy has, after they've come though? Yeah, I mean oh. like, <laughs> like usually not, maybe it's like, yeah. you know, not genitals some boobs but yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow that's a lot yeah. <laughs> and um lately you've been making more edgy porn right educationally yeah so one thing that is unique to afterglows we have edgy porn which we like to say is um educational enough to learn from but yeah. still hot enough to masturbate that to. is fucking awesome yeah that's missing yeah and so so we have our our porn films which are we try to make them somehow relatable because I think you <laughs> can learn a lot from just seeing different things represented that you don't normally Definitely. see so like different body types or you know somebody that looks like you represented on screen like I feel like those it doesn't need to be explicitly educational to be something that helps you in your right. sex life. Well, it's how we learn. We learn from porn and exactly yeah. like seeing seeing you know a consent conversation on screen or seeing it might somebody not even be conscious. It yeah. might not even be conscious like, oh, that's my body type or oh, that was a cool conversation. But then the next time you go to have sex and it's yeah yeah it's then important. you've actually seen somebody do it or like important. somebody laugh and mess up and you know have yeah. fun and. Um, so we have like that kind of content and then we have our edu porn, which is more explicitly instructional. So we have like kind of fun ones, like how to have sex outdoors. Yeah. Um, we're going to launch one that's, um, how to give a great blow job, how to love giving a blow job that I'm really excited about. This can oh, be yeah. really high quality. <laughs> uh, we have how to have sex with a woman. We have how to give a sensual massage. Um, so that's our edu porn category. And then we have guided sex, which is audio based. Okay. And that's really bringing it into your life. That's like our guided masturbations. We yeah. have a guided partner cunnilingus exercise. And so oh. that's something that like you follow along with. That's cool. Yeah. People love instructions. That, that's a cool. Oh, it's so like great. play it and be yeah. like, okay, let's do it, it now. It, uh, it really takes the pressure off mm -hmm. because a lot of times like that's, you know, with a new partner or even with an old partner, like to do something new there's a lot of pressure there. And so having yeah. somebody else, like a voice guiding you just is so helpful. I feel like porn can also in relationships really be helpful. Like it can be a gateway to have bigger conversations about kinks or fetishes or opening it up or like whatever it might be. Um, because it's, it's a way to like bridge that gap, start having those conversations. Yeah. At, porn at Afterglow, we have a lot of couples that love to watch together. And that's that awesome. makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Um, and so with the edu porn, like the blowjob one you were just talking about, I feel like we're, it's so black and white with porn and education. It's either very biological and like you're on YouTube looking at the anatomy of something and it's like so educational or it's like completely unrealistic, intense, crazy sex, porn, porn hub, porn sex. Yeah. And um, so I just really love that you're like 
creating something unique and new because I like knowing what is not the norm because there's no real norm, but I like knowing in general what feels the best for a guy or what, you know, all of those things. Yeah. I'm excited to watch. Yeah. I feel (laughs) like a lot of education, like people make sex really boring, (laughs) like kind of on purpose um yeah well it all comes back to like a certain age range of like they don't want us having sex as teenagers so it's like fear boring biological consent 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 and it's like you can say that but then nobody's actually like well how do you make that sexy because it can be really sexy yes and it should be i mean it should be at the beginning of every sex scene in porn Mm -hmm. truly yeah even if it is just like nonverbal or just like you know you're just establishing some kind of Yeah. Well, like for me with like less experienced partners, I like to add like lately I've been learning this. I like to ask them a lot. Like, do we want, do you want to take a break? Does that still feel good? Like just constant check-ins because if they're less experienced, I don't want them to become uncomfortable. Um, and that can, that can still be really fucking sexy and should be weaved into all porn. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so how did like, cause you, Tell me about your past company that you founded okay. a little bit. Yeah. So I started my career as an accountant. Okay. Which was very in line with like what my parents mm. expected of me to do. And I actually, I really enjoy accounting and yeah, you numbers have, you have to have this day. You have an analytical brain. <laughs> you have like so, an analytical Yeah. It's not like it was totally like forced upon me. Um, I'm definitely like an Excel spreadsheet nerd. Um, Love it. But I did that for eight years, and then I started a natural foods company Mm -hmm. um, and was doing that for about five years and, you know, started with just, like, making it in, like, a tiny kitchen and, like, driving to different stores and selling it. The hustle. And, like, when when I started that company, the idea of doing like a million dollars of revenue was like, that was as big as I could dream. Sure. Like I was like, if we do a million dollars of revenue, we'll make it, I'm going to like get a tattoo. Like it's going to be so <laughs> awesome. Um, and we hit that, we hit a million yeah. of revenue That's and crazy. then we hit 5 million and then we hit 10 million. And wow. like, it was just a really, really amazing experience for me because it showed me like that I could create change in this world and, and you were growing a team over that time too, I'm assuming. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, and yeah, that got me into like the startup life, the hustle, like, uh, um, building, the building, all of that. And so, you know, when I left that company, that was when I was kind of like, okay, you know, was it acquired and then you left at some point? No. So or? I was a, I was a co-founder, so I left to do other things. And, um, my other co-founder, the CEO, yeah. she stayed on, okay. um, and I was like, okay, well, what's the thing that like, you know, I feel like is really missing that like, what's a big opportunity that like, I'm really passionate about that I feel like is really missing from the world. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the, how the idea of Afterglow yeah. really came to And be. it had been like an inkling, right? Like you'd kind of thought about it. Would you bring it up in conversations to people? I, or was it kind of Yeah, it, it was kind of a secret. Like I brought, like I remember bringing it up to like, one of the people I was dating at the time and mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. But I was mostly they were like, like That's crazy. too scared. I was like, I'll just like be anonymous. Like also the, like mm. even just telling people about it was scary to me because of people's, yes. yeah, it, it, like now I'm 
here talking about porn on the radio, no problem. <laughs> but like I even I was like nervous to talk to people about porn. Yeah. During that time. It's a process. So yeah. I about it with my last guest. It's a coming out process to like take up space and be confident in owning this. And I've been exploring that in my dating life and in like professional endeavors, like wanting to be taken seriously. Like, yeah, especially having built companies in the past as well. It's like you like, no, I did all this other stuff. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, but not needing to get that validation of just owning it. Like yeah. this is the industry I'm in and it's it's hard and it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I mean, I think that I don't know. I'm sure you've noticed this, too. It's like. You just have to be the one to say it first. You have to give the permission because people want to fucking talk about sex. Oh. People so want to talk about it. They do. <laughs> they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean, I remember coming to like the first event um, that I met you at of yours and it was just like, just felt so different, like such a different feminine, safe approach to sex yeah. and like very playful and fun. And um, that's just lacking on such a big. Yeah, scale. it's weird because, yeah, sex is always it's like it's relegated to this dark dungeon -y, like vibe kind yeah. of thing. And, um, you know, the reason I called the company Afterglow is that's mm. that's the vibe that that's like my favorite part is, you know, the beautiful orgasm. Post-orgasm, like, loving feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, and, and I I've, I don't super, like, align, or not align, relate to, like, like more, like, leather culture and dungeon and, and like, that kind of certain thing we associate with BDSM. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I feel like there's this middle ground that I just want to build community and, and support for. And they're, you know, people that would should go watch Afterglow because it's, like... Um, yeah, there's, there's safety and, and joy and like talking about and exploring sex with people that are comfortable with it. Yeah. And I mean, I was super nervous the first time I sat down to do this podcast, but it's like, I want people to be having more conversations about it. Um, and I'm sure as the CEO of a porn company, you just get the like, oh, I have a question for you or like, <laughs> I don't know. Are there times when people just start telling you about their sex lives and like. And what kind of, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I like what kind of porn they watch and like questions about. Oh. Porn. I actually like hearing about what kind of porn people watch and like. I always feel like they're only being kind of honest with me because oh. <laughs> there's definitely okay. like the what people say, like what right. people are willing to admit to. And then to a stranger like, or new, to, somebody new. Yeah, exactly. And then there's like their secret fantasies. <laughs> totally. You won't really know unless you go look at the, the data, the, the data. data. Yeah. Well, you were saying something about the most searched. So how are you able to see data on that kind of stuff? Like the most searched yeah genres yeah well Pornhub puts out like a trend report okay um I forget yeah I there's definitely the stat that women search for rough sex and gangbangs more than men do um, search for that yeah yeah because we want <laughs> we want to get fucked <laughs> we want to get fucked we want, like a gangbang yeah. someday it's true I don't know it's yeah yeah and um I mean we we see like the searches but we don't know if they're like men or women or who's searching mm. Um, although we do have, you know, we have mostly women on the platform. Right. Um, but are there ways for you to see what's being like, do, do what's searched on bigger platforms ever inform your decisions of yeah. how you set things up? And yeah. So how to was act is actually a trending thing oh. on Pornhub. So people definitely like are, that's it. People want the resources to learn. Like 
They yes. want the knowledge. And they want to be good at it. Exactly. Like, I remember being in high school and being like, I don't, I'm probably awful at giving blowjobs because I'm fucking 16. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, if there had been, I mean, I just didn't even feel, porn had such a bad stigma at that time. I think, especially for women, it was like, oh, something that the, the high school guys do. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even really, like, comfortable or acceptable for me to entertain going to a website but if I had I could have you know I would have probably also searched things like that um but we want to do a good job we want to like and learn the sex is a skill you know yeah. like there yeah. the more you practice you get better at it a thousand percent <laughs> and instead like our culture has this idea that like you meet somebody and like it's supposed to just be like magic and perfect the Ho- first Hollywood time fucked us up a little bit there yeah exactly without any yeah. communication like yeah and that's that's just not true yeah, and that unfortunately plays into that thing of like the innocent girl next door is also gonna be really fucking good in bed. Yeah. Like yeah, like the lady not. in the street, but the freak in the sheets. Yeah. yeah. Like probably not. No, maybe if she has sex with a bunch of people, it's a skill that she'll learn and we should actually be excited to fuck those girls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I um that's a hard societal shift mm-hmm. to make that I would like to see happen of just um the the double standard of men sleeping with more women and it being the high five and women being slut shamed and yeah oh yeah i feel like it's changing slowly definitely slowly none of that i have to believe like in the that we're gonna be moving towards a more like sex positive culture definitely yeah i think we are and i think gen z is like really yeah sex positive and and curious are they is there a lot of gen z people on your platform you know, we actually have more, I would say we, we have a lot of them check it out, but mm-hmm. we actually have more older people, mm-hmm. even like forties, fifties, sixties. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is really cool. Cause I feel like it's, it's, um, a lot of people kind of unlearning things that they learned mm-hmm. previously. Or, I mean, if it's specifically, I'm thinking women, if they're 50s, 60s, those may be people that have truly never watched porn ever. Yeah. Because of how things were 50 years ago. They're like going through menopause or like they're they're like in law. Like we, we actually have a lot of people who've been with their mm. partner for a long time. And now sure. you know, they're going through some kind of a shift in that and like looking yeah. for new options. And I, And maybe it's just, you know, because it costs money, but... Um, hearing their stories is like the, yes. the best part of my job. Yes, absolutely. Knowing the impact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what else? Oh, I know what else I wanted to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, the nightmare that is uh, promoting marketing, censorship, all of those things yeah. in adult in adult industries. Um, so specifically, what I'm thinking about is like. You can't advertise if it is perceived as A, B, and C. I'll have you explain that. And then also, like, Pornhub being... Sorry to keep talking about Pornhub. (laughs) Uh, Like, how they were deleted on Instagram. Like, why that happened. So if you could just, like, give the the beginner listener watchers a rundown of that nightmare. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting because different platforms have their policies about adult content. Mm -hmm. Terms and services. Terms and services. And, you know, generally you cannot advertise for anything. A lot of of the things about, like, porn, like, they won't say, like, you can't advertise porn. Like, it does not say that. Okay. Um, But it'll say that, like, you – it'll just be worded really in a a gray area. And and then there's – so there's the wording, and then there's, like – 
how it's it'll just say it's like highly restricted or something like that like Could google you give you, an example of like like an instagram post or like a sexy instagram post or? and and so then so there's the there's the guidelines okay which don't really tell you anything we're basically. already confused <laughs> yeah we're already confused. and then there's how they're enforced mm. and that's really like the how they're enforced is way more stringent. Like you'll read the guidelines and you'll be like, Oh, like it looks like I can shit. advertise whatever. Yeah. And then you'll, every single thing you try to do will get rejected. will get shut down. Like mm-hmm. we, we tried, we literally tried to boost a post that just said afterglow and had a picture of a sexy woman and it got shut down. Um, because they don't tell you things like mm-hmm. whatever site you're linking to. Um, mm-hmm. also like they really, they censor, like they follow the words that you're using. And that's where a lot of like women's health companies that are just mm-hmm. like pelvic floor therapy, you know, like they'll say the word vagina or vulva and Google will read that as like an adult service and oh shut down gosh. their advertising. Okay. Um, so yeah. Cause, and with Pornhub specifically, so like this gets into like one thing that you can't do is you can't promote sexual services. I think it is. Mm-hmm. And it came out through Pornhub getting shut down that like even trying to say like, oh, like check out this new film is like potentially directing people to your site and is not allowed. And this, but this has to do with human trafficking stuff, right? Yeah. So the reason that the platforms are so sensitive is because of a law called FOSTA, SESTA-FOSTA, and so basically there's this other law that's like um, section 230 that says that platforms aren't liable for what people say on the platform. Mm. And what SESTA-FOSTA, FOSTA-SESTA, I always forget. <laughs> what it did is it said that's true except for anything involving mm. human trafficking or sex trafficking. But why is why is there an assumption that porn is related to sex trafficking? Like... Because because there's like a big political organ, right wing political organization that spends millions of dollars trying to make those connections. Uh, And mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's there's people like Andrew Tate that are like that is sex trafficking. Like the definition of sex trafficking is actually pretty broad and Mm. unclear. So like he was doing what's called like the lover boy method where you're like, you know, to whatever extent pretending to be in a relationship with somebody and you love them and Uh then you like get them into sex work. Whoa. And that's, you know, it's like, it's unclear like how much they would have done, would they have done it without that relationship? Did they want to do it? Did they just do it because of the relationship? Like can be really blurry, but that is, that is sex trafficking. Yeah, and the documentary Money Shot talks about this too, of how it was like not, and that's why all of the content on Pornhub got removed. And I mean, across all porn sites, where I think it wasn't directly tied to a person. A it was because it, it wasn't verified. Like they verified. didn't. Yeah, because to um, for porn to be legal, you have to have basically like documentation of everybody mm. performing, their names, their IDs, and their consent. And Pornhub was not checking sure. the uploads on their platform sure. to make sure that that happened. And but then that made it difficult. I mean, I I know I think this is even plays into like OnlyFans content creation. They have to both b- 
both parties have to have an OnlyFans account and then it has to be like a collaborative post. Like it mm. couldn't just be some random person because then it opens it up to something could be wrong. Like yeah. something could be amiss. But that's so tricky. Um, and that makes it harder for performers to make money. Yeah. Assuming. Way harder. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really complicated and icky and messy. And I haven't been on your side of it, but like, you know, I started sharing my kink journey on TikTok and it kept scaling to like 55,000 followers, 30,000 followers. People were like so hungry to just connect with anybody talking about sex because there's there's also this weird angle where there's huge opportunity too, though, for people in this space. If we can, you know, navigate through all these little rules yeah people want the information people are so hungry and yeah. they actually don't think that anybody's out there talking about it we want to we just are super censored and shut down all the time exactly um, yeah they yeah. yeah it's like it's like google and facebook and instagram are really good at matching people with the information that they want to hear about right except when it comes to sex <laughs> thousand percent yeah um and yeah i mean people are so hungry for it and I mean for me with all of this like the podcast I have a second phone I literally had to go so far as Instagram and TikTok both knew all the accounts I had created content for that I'd been you know violated their community guidelines enough times that I literally had to get a second phone I was like I need a new fresh like IP address like I need new phone number um and yeah, I, I mean, I follow a good amount of women that create OnlyFans content and the links they have to go through is just insane. They've got like 14 backup accounts. I mean, yeah. it's just like, um, and even to get people to your website, you, you've got to be really vague, right? Really? Yeah, we do. We have to go, we go through like different landing pages and stuff like that. Um, it's really difficult. Yeah. And a lot of it is like, we just have to do things in a more organic growth type way and mm. honestly like grow a little slower like sure. we, we can't grow as fast as if we could pay money to advertise on right. normal platforms like right. most people do <laughs> yeah um when it comes to shooting a scene do you have to be in a state where sex work is legal or decriminalized or like what yeah is that? it's it's the laws are the case law is pretty vague um What's there's the a case, couple of called the case law no like or like different it's Blonde. generally legal, but there's certain states where there it's been challenged, and mm. the courts have said to just shoot yes, porn in legal. general. To just shoot porn in general. Okay. Um, and so, like California is one of those states. Nevada that challenged that that it's, or, that there's case law that uh, set, shows that shooting porn is legal. You're good to go. You're yeah. good to go. Um, and Nevada, you know, sex work is legal, so mm -hmm. it's legal. Um, is it? decriminalized but it's also like legal like Le it's tax, outside like of yeah and like outside, the whole of, outside of whatever county vegas is in mm -hmm. it's legal okay yeah um wait what do you mean outside of vegas like i think vegas is in clark county and mm. there it's not legal but everywhere really? else in nevada it is yes oh wait that's I why thought. like the bunny ranch is like 50 Ooh. miles outside of vegas interesting yeah. okay okay i'm very curious to learn more about um, the decriminalization of sex work. I think that that, from what I've read from sex workers, it's like legalization can be harder for them, but decriminalization is important. Yeah. I, yeah. Don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, I think it's like similar to weed. Cannabis. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, yeah, all the farmers got fucked and are poor now because yeah. Legalization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like 30% taxes. Yeah. But a woman should not go to jail for sex work. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, man, it's a lot. Uh, you're up against a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Fighting the patriarchy. Yeah. One, one porn at a time. One porn at a time. You know, we're going <laughs> to keep doing it. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's what I love to do. And it's like, I can't, it's, you know, you're an entrepreneur too. It's like when you get that thing that you yeah. really care about, you just like, you've got to bring it to life. You just every time you get knocked down, you just keep getting back up. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So if somebody were to go to Afterglow, where let's say, let's talk to somebody that's never watched porn ever. Maybe it's a woman. She's nervous. Where would you have her explore? Or yeah. do you think Afterglow would be a good fit? Um, I do think Afterglow would be a good fit. I would actually have her start with some of our articles mm. in our blog because we actually have a lot of really cool stuff oh, yeah. about overcoming shame around porn. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of good recommendations there. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot about the knowledge of like, you know, why, like we say, our, we have little stickers like porn is good for you. Like we really believe that watching porn can be a positive part of everybody's sex life. Totally. And um, we have a lot of articles about the benefits of porn and how to watch it with a partner, how to use it, you know, in, in ways that help your sex life. It's like a very good baby step to read some exactly. yeah, sex positive It is, because I think that's, you know, and it's a lot of... Um, and then I, then I think maybe go to, you know, some of our, our marquee videos <laughs> that are recommended like lip service, which like doesn't yeah. have any penetration in it. It's mm. a woman telling her partner how she wants him to perform cunnilingus on her. Amazing. Um, that's definitely one I always recommend. And then, Popular. um, <laughs> yeah, like I think there's also a really awesome one called touch yourself where it's like, it's a video, but it is a little bit of a mm. guided like there's this thing called joy like jerk off instructions yeah and it's so it's kind of like our female take on cool. on jerk off instructions i love um, it which is a really awesome one <laughs> Amazing. yeah cool well thank you so much for being here i love hearing your journey and all the porn things and I don't know if either of us ever post anything about censorship rules. Please vote for them. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, the, the I'll give the, the Center for Intimacy Justice has a mm. um, poll that they're doing. It's on our Instagram um, that you can find the link to vote for Meta and Facebook to update their regulations. Yes. So they're doing yes. a lot of really great work and there. And Facebook owns Instagram, and that's why girls can't post sexy pictures. So yeah. <laughs> they're all tied together. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, well, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into Sex Talk Radio. I hope you found this conversation to be expansive and fun. Please come connect with me on Instagram at Sex Talk Radio Podcast. That is spelled S E G G S. And I would love to see you inside of the Sexy Society, which is an online community for kink and sex positive women. Thank you so much.